over the course of this Believe series, we've been unpacking all the things that God wants to do in our lives. In this Believe Virtues series, we have been talking about those qualities that God wants to bring to the forefront so that we can be like Jesus. And we've talked about what does it mean to be a person of love or to be at peace with God and the people around us, even at peace with ourselves, to be a person of joy that you can rejoice no matter what's going on in your life, uh, to have uh, self-control, which is something that so many people struggle with, and I know I do too, just to say, I'm going to choose how I respond and when I respond, and only at the right amount. And today we're going to talk about something that's very important, the virtue of patience. I'll hurry up and get to it. I don't know if you uh, were to pick a few virtues that Americans could use some help with. I think we would probably rise this one towards the top of the list. It's just part of our culture that we're all in a hurry. Uh, do you have somebody in your life that needs to be reminded that patience is a virtue? Uh, is there someone in your life, or do you feel like kind of like hurry up should also be a virtue? Yeah, that's a, that's a big one. But a while back, I was driving, and if you've ever ridden in the car with me, I'm, this is not a confession. This is just how it is. I drive a little bit too fast sometimes. It's just my thing. <laughs> but, uh, there was a time, of, I don't know, a while back, I was driving. I was being super careful. I was law and order all the way because I was driving through one of those areas where I just, it's notorious for people getting pulled over. You just constantly see people on the side of the road with an officer behind them and the lights going. So I'm totally towing the line. I'm at the speed limit or under. And the car behind me hadn't got the memo or something. They wanted me to go faster. Now, how do you know that the car behind you wants you to go faster? Right? I couldn't even see the headlights. But I could see their face in my rearview mirror. Uh, or maybe I should have asked it this way. How do you let the car in front of you know they're not going fast enough? Maybe that's your situation. So I'm driving along, and this car is huge SUV behind me just pushing me to go faster. I'm like, I'm doing you a solid here. You are in a dangerous place right now. If you were in the lead, you would probably be pulled over already. So I'm driving along. It's frustrating to me because I understand. I would like to drive faster as well. I don't want to keep you from where you're going, but we just need to obey the law here. Finally, we got to a place where this person had just had enough. They just blew it. They literally swung out around me, crossed the double yellow line, and we were in a, like a, a slow zone, a residential area, went around me, and as they're going around me, I see the police officer sitting there running radar, right there, perfect. And so the person goes around and vroom, around, right past the police officer. I literally just stopped in the road. Just let the officer go out in front of me. And uh, as I went down the road and they were pulled over and the officer was giving that person a stern talking to, I resisted the impulse to wave and honk and smile and say, hey, you know. The Proverbs teach us this. Proverbs 14, 29. They'll be up on the screen. Whoever is patient has great understanding, but the person who's quick-tempered displays folly. You get pulled over a lot when you lack patience. You say things you shouldn't say, and you uh, display your folly when you lack patience. And a lot of us would agree patience is a virtue. It's just one that I don't have. It's part of our culture. Why is this an issue for us? Let's acknowledge, on one hand, probably everybody at every place at every time all through history has struggled with the idea of patience, but I do think there's some things that are unique to American culture that and. Um, Time, the time of the, the Western world in the modern era that have just made things harder for us. We have created a lot of things that have made our lives easier, and we've streamlined a whole lot of things. I am very happy to be alive in a time when technology makes our lives so simple. At the same time, I recognize that many of the good things about our lives have not helped us to develop patience. Uh, I was, uh, I don't know when, it was a while back, I wanted to watch the greatest movie of all time, Tombstone. I was at home, sitting on the couch, I thought, I want to see Tombstone. And this is literally what went through my mind. 
I wonder if it's on Netflix or Amazon Prime, and I'm looking at that because even though I have it on Blu-ray, and it would take me, what, 10 seconds to walk over, put it in the Blu-ray, watch it load, I could not be bothered to wait for it to load up, and then for that little message that tells me not to copy it to play. I was so impatient with that. I'm just like, can I just have it now? Can I have it now? And there's so many things about that, that in our life. Do you listen to podcasts? If you do, this might change your life if you don't know this already. Did you know you can listen to a podcast at 1.5 or 2 times speed? So when I'm working out now, I can listen to three podcasts in the time that I would normally listen to one because I just want to learn more. That's why I tell myself it's not that I'm impatient or anything. Netflix is experimenting with a feature now. You might have seen it on some of your apps. You can actually binge watch shows at a faster than normal speed. I don't know if they'll actually roll that out. Like We have to be entertained faster now? Is that what we've come to where we want to, you know, see a whole season of everything in like two hours? We figured out how to, make, how to streamline so many aspects of our lives. We've taken out the frustration that used to be part of life that was just normal, that everybody just had to endure, that taught us to be more patient. We uh, used to have to wait for the coffee maker to brew, and now the Keurig, it's, there you go, you got your coffee. It used to be you ordered something online and you waited and waited, and then Amazon came out with Amazon two-day, one day and same day and you see now you can get Amazon next hour and how long before we just think something and it's sitting there and your credit card's already charged the day before because they knew before you knew that you were going to be buying it but we have fewer chances now to develop the weight muscle the W-A-I-T muscle we don't have those frustrations that teach us just to slow down and let things come to us but here's the thing patience is an aspect of godly virtue Patience is an aspect of who God wants you to be to to show this God wants us to learn patience so much and, and we need this so much There's a verse in the Bible. We've looked at before James uh, Wrote these words James chapter 1 verse 2 through 4 dear brothers and sisters when troubles come your way You should consider it an opportunity for great joy. Here's why You know that when your faith is tested your endurance has a chance to grow now that word endurance in the it's literally patience your patience, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, not lacking anything, needing nothing. Would you like to say, man, I'm perfect. I am complete. I lack nothing. I can do everything the right way. James says that only comes through those difficulties and those frustrations, and God wants to teach you this. In fact, God will work with you in this. The key verse for this whole virtue series has been Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, where Paul reminds us that the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives, when God goes to work with you and me, is that he brings love and joy and peace and patience to the forefront. So you're not alone in this. God will help you with this, but he does want you to be patient. Uh, if you get your worship folder, you can write a couple of things down to help you think about this. There's really in the Bible two kinds of patience. It's maybe two sides of the same coin. But the first one is long-suffering patience. And the image here is how long does it take you to get angry? Or maybe a better way of saying that is if you do get angry, how long does it take you to do something out of your anger? Long-suffering patience. I have always admired people who have this kind of patience because I've honestly struggled with long-suffering patience. You know that unfortunate and unfair stereotype that says red hair, hot temper? That's not fair. Sadly, it's true a lot, at least in my case. Man, I just had a hot temper as a kid. I just had... The, the thing that would irritate or frustrate me to the time I was just full on rage was just like that. And so it led me to say a lot of embarrassing things, do a lot of embarrassing things. And uh, I'm not proud of that. It's been kind of embarrassing. But at the same time, God has helped me grow out of some of that over time. Let me give you a good mental image for what long-suffering patience looks like. Uh, remember the old-time bombs? 
like on uh, the old Batman show, they'd have something like that with the really long fuse, and you light the fuse, and you know eventually it's going to blow. And I remember that, I don't know, maybe it was a Batman movie. He's running around with a bomb, trying to, Batman is trying to find somewhere to throw it so he doesn't hurt somebody because it's going to go off. And long-suffering patience is really how long from the time your fuse is lit till you blow. And God wants to lengthen that fuse for us to teach us to be more and more patient over time. Because there's appropriate uses for anger. There's a reason to be angry, but you want to do the right thing in the right way out of your anger. And so for me, it's been God lengthening my fuse, and maybe he's done that for you. And uh, if, you, if he has, be thankful for it. If you need that, ask him for help with that. So that's the first side of patience. But the other side is enduring patience. And that is you are able to delay giving up on someone or something how long it takes you to give up to quit this is a picture that police in England snapped and they posted it to social media this is a truck that they saw and uh, what they, isn't that awful what they did is they posted this on social media trying to shame people into not doing this anymore it had the opposite effect people were like that's cool how did they get so much stuff on that truck so it didn't really work but this is maybe the idea you want to carry with you with the idea of enduring patience how much weight can you handle how much weight are you willing to stay under voluntarily? That's enduring patience. And it's great pressure that you willingly stay under rather than give up or bail or go away. You could leave, you could quit, you could cut your losses. You know, though, that the right thing to do and the best thing to do and the honorable thing to do and the beneficial thing to do is to stick it out and endure. And enduring patience says, I will stick it out. I will stay when I would rather go. Can you think of any times in your life that it would be useful to have enduring patience? Let me just go ahead and think about this with you together out loud. Uh, the times that we might need long-suffering patience and enduring patience, you might need this kind of patience to stick it out with difficult people in your life. If you think of all the things that frustrate you about life, I'm pretty sure that a lot of them have a person on the other side of it. You may have already had somebody come to your mind. It may be even yourself. 99% of the time, there's a person on the other side of this friction. It might be traffic. It's the people that you have to drive alongside. Standing in line. People who cut in line. Uh, there are some people who just never learned the skill of lining up and waiting your turn. They just go right in. Like, you know, we've been standing here for 25 minutes. Why are you thinking that you need to go right up there? Like, you haven't. You, like, you get special rights. Uh, you, terrible twos. In our house, it was actually a terrible threes. I don't know why that was, but that in, requires patience. Maybe it's the the four-year-old that insists on dressing themselves, but they still haven't figured it out. And in our house, it was always, we wanted to put a sign on that says, I dress myself. You know, don't judge mom and dad by what they're wearing. But maybe for you, the friction is just rude people that you have to be with because you're related to them or you work with them or you live near them. It's maybe inconsiderate people. It's the checks in the mail people. It's always in the mail. The slow people, the people you love. Like this, uh, Lachlan Peterson describes how he learned some patience in his life. Watch this video. I love old people, man. I always hang out with old people. Hang out with old people, you know? They teach you how to slow down and, and just take your time. If you ever want to learn patience, sit with your father and watch him enter his email address with an Apple TV remote. That'll, that'll teach you patience. True story. I know some of you aren't laughing because you're the one. <laughs> Oh, man. So just be honest. Give a little head shake. Are there some people in your life that just know how to push all your buttons? 
that just have never learned some basic life skills. They just have no relational IQ. They have no emotional IQ. And it's just very difficult to do life with them. The Apostle Paul was talking to the Thessalonian church, and he had some words to the leaders there, but it really applies to all of us. He said, brothers and sisters, we urge you, warn those who are lazy. They need to be warned. They need to pull their weight. But then also encourage those who are timid and take care of those who are weak. But in all things, just be patient with everyone. Don't blow your temper with anybody that gets on your last nerve. I love what Paul wrote to the Ephesian church. Ephesians 4, 2 says, Always be humble and gentle and be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults. Because we all have them. You have them and I have them. And make, make allowance for each other's fault because of your love. There's not a single one of us that doesn't at some times get sideways with somebody else. So let's just agree to be patient with each other. And then I love what Colossians 3.12, we looked at this before too. Paul wrote to that church, Since God chose you to be holy people that he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. These are the things that we wear in our relationships with each other. And you think about, well, what kind of a person needs you to be tenderhearted and merciful and, and gentle with them? It's not a person who's really doing life really well. It's that person that can be a little bit irritating. And you have a little aspect of humility in there to recognize that I can be that person for someone else as well. Yeah, I just wonder how much better life could be for all of us if we could just put our anger on pause, if we could put our frustration on pause, and just for a moment think, what would it be like to be more patient with this person? to show, as we're going to talk about next week, to show them a little bit of kindness that they don't deserve based on their behavior. To, uh, I mean, right now, you may be on the other side of this, and you're sitting here going, I'm the person who has the least patience in the world. You can grow in this area, especially when God gets involved in this and in your life. Former NFL coach Tony Dungy talks about how he learned patience. He says he learned it from his dad. Uh, his dad was a scientist. His dad's name was Wilbur, and they would uh, often go out Wilbur with his two sons, Tony, and his little brother. Just out into creation, they'd go fishing a lot, and that Wilbur's convinced God created the world, and he wanted to experience all of it. Tony remembers one day in particular, they went fishing up in Michigan. Tony was nine, his little brother was five. They were in the boat together, and Wilbur was patiently teaching them how to cast the fishing line, and uh, mostly they were fishing in silence until at one moment, uh, Tony's dad said, hey, Lyndon, that was Tony's little brother, don't move. And Tony said he looked around and he watched. His dad continued very patiently to say, now, Lyndon, you need to be very careful that you know exactly where you are when you're casting and where everyone else is when they're casting. And Tony said he looked around and he saw his dad had a hook through his ear from Lyndon's fishing line. And the whole time, Wilbur just very quietly talked, very nonchalantly, and took that hook out and just, and they went on. And Tony said, and it was in that moment that I realized what an important thing it is to be calm and patient. And uh, he said, I learned a lot from that. Years later, Tony said, I hooked myself in my hand with a fishing hook, and I realized just how much that hurts. And if you've done that, you know. And he said, I just had that much more respect and admiration for my dad and his patience and the importance of just remaining calm no matter what's going on. Would God like to help you with that? To lengthen your fuse with people around you? Maybe for you, it's not the anger that's getting the best of you. Maybe there's just a situation or a person that's just not where it should be. And it's been that way for a while. And the temptation for you is you're beyond anger. You're just done. This is it. I'm out. I'm just not going to do this anymore. This isn't good. And, and it's so tempting. And you, but at the same time, there's something within you. Maybe it's just a small voice. It may even be the voice of God saying, no, 
you need to stick this out. You need to endure longer. And this is where this other side of patience comes in. Sometimes we need patience to stick it out in difficult circumstances and with difficult people. I don't know, maybe you've recognized that you've got a pattern. Maybe your pattern is things get too stressful and you exit the situation and you're out and things get tough. Maybe for you, you don't exit literally, but you find yourself checking out and numbing out and you just, you just don't care anymore. You're apathetic. You find yourself drinking too much or numbing out through just binge watching Netflix or you just check out by over medicating. That's where a lot of Americans are. Or maybe you just, your resume has lots of entries and, or you've moved a lot. It's just, just easier than staying there. But maybe God wants you to stay when you would rather leave. Maybe God wants you to learn some things in this situation that the only way to learn it would be to stay there. That's not always going to be the case, but when you feel like God's trying to tell you something, you should lean into that as you endure that situation. I think back when we started this church many years ago, before we even started it, we went through a lot of coaching that told our team, this is going to be like a roller coaster ride. It's, it's going to have lots of ups and downs, and the highs will be higher than anything you've experienced in ministry up to this point, and the lows will be lower. And if you've got a great marriage, it's going to be hard. And if you don't have a good marriage, you're probably not going to make it, so you better make sure that everything's in a row. And I've, I've been a minister for a while before we started the church, but man, they were right. We had some amazing people that came to the church and amazing experiences, and we saw so many people's lives change, and some of you were part of that. We also had some very difficult times, and you go through some things, and you just go, I don't know why this is this way. I, some people just, you know, that you thought you could count on, they just disappear, and they ghost, and you're like, what is up with that? And I'm, there are times when it would be very easy just for me personally to go, you know what, I don't need to ride this roller coaster anymore. And the only reason sometimes that I stayed on the roller coaster was because I felt like God was saying, you need to stay. There's something more, and I need you to be there a part of it. And maybe you felt that way about things in your life as well. I, over the years as a pastor, I have seen people in difficult, difficult marriages. And one person is trying hard, and one person is just trying. They're just very difficult, and they're not working at it. Uh, maybe you feel like the only option is to leave. And I'm not saying that, that that's not the option, but what if God wants you to stay? What if it's a friendship? What if it's a, I don't know, so many things. Now, I need to give a caveat here, because when I start talking this way, I, I do need to make sure that, because I've seen some things here too. Uh, I am not saying that if it's an abusive relationship, that enduring patience means you have to stick it out and, and be a victim of something like that. It's not allowing yourself to be abused. It's not allowing somebody to mistreat you. It is not certainly about enabling someone else's bad behavior or covering for them. That's not what enduring patience... You, as Brian Wilkerson says, you patient stands by someone, it doesn't follow them into their sin. So I need to say that, but uh, sometimes the only way we're going to see the work of God in our lives is if we do ask him for the strength to endure something very difficult. Sometimes just to give you a little picture of what it could be, sometimes when we just patiently wait, we're creating space for the other person to grow up and grow into that space. Pastor Brian Wilkerson talks about a time that he went to his kids' preschool class, and they had, uh, they had a special thing going on, he wanted to be there to see it. They brought in a, a bunny that day in a cage, and all the little three, four, five-year-old kids were so excited, and so he's standing back with the other parents in the corner, and you can just guess what happened. The teacher called everybody over to the rug. They sat the rabbit in the cage down in the middle of the floor. All the kids just went, boom, 
And that poor rabbit just thought it was like, you know, the walking dead coming for it. So there's a little grubby finger sticking through the cage, poking at the rabbit, offering it carrots. That rabbit wanted to have nothing to do with those little kids. So it's cowering in the corner as tight as it can. That teacher was great, man. She's like, okay, kids, let's go to our quiet place. Let's get in a circle. And then, I don't know, crisscross applesauce. I don't know if they do that anymore. But you sit down and you get quiet, put your hands in your lap, and let's just see what the bunny will do. And the kids got very quiet in that circle, and it wasn't but just a minute or two. The rabbit actually came out of the cage cautiously at first, and then the rabbit actually went around the circle and let itself be petted by all the kids, and the kids could feed it carrots then. So they, they, they were patient, and they allowed that rabbit to come to them on, on its terms. How many times do we make this mistake with people? Man, we just like, you need to change, and you need to change now, and I've got a list of things you need to get started on, and when you get done with that, I've got another list, and then you just cajole, and you push, and you argue, and you chide, and you just do things that you know is in their best interest in trying to fix them. You try to tug them to church as hard as you can, and you try to guilt them because you know how well that works, and you just do everything in your power because at the end of the day, you really do care about them, and you know they need to change. Maybe God is telling you, let's just give them a little bit of patience. Let's just step back for a second and give them room to respond and see what happens. I think about something the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy. This is 2 Timothy 2.10. He said, I'm willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those who God has chosen. Sometimes patience means I'm not going to try to fix you. I'm just going to leave that to God. And I'll put up with whatever comes my way from you because in the end, I just want to see you right with God and I want to see our relationship right. Is there anybody who can maybe use that from you today? And here's the thing that's so powerful about patience. A patient person is a godly person because God is, first of all, patient with us. This is how God treats us. He gives us room and space to respond to him. And he, Jesus, write this down. God exhibits great patience with us. He has for me. I know he has for you. First Timothy 1.16, Paul wrote this to Timothy. Paul said about himself, God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with the worst of sinners. Then others will realize that they too can believe in God and receive eternal life. I love what Peter wrote. This is 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. He said, The Lord's not really being slow about his promise to, you know, to return, as some people think. No, he's patient for your sake. He doesn't want anyone to be destroyed. He wants everyone to repent. In verse 15, remember, our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. God exercises so much patience with us. You just think about the things you've done in your life that God has overlooked giving you time to repent, to change your mind, to change your ways, to seek him out. He chooses deliberately not to express his anger against us. He chooses not to give up on us. Now, I do have to be clear, because the Bible is clear, God's patience does have its limits. There is a day when his patience will be at an end. Uh, the, the wrath of God is already being revealed from heaven against ungodliness and things that suppress the truth. There's going to be a day when judgment will be here and, and will God's anger against sin will be revealed and there will be judgment. But right now, he's giving us patience. It's our time to respond to that. It's our time to learn from that. It's our time to show that patience to other people. Who is it that needs you to learn this lesson? What is it that God's trying to invite you to grow into today? As I said a couple of weeks ago, man, God is such a patient teacher. The grace of God, the grace of Jesus teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passion. He'll teach you how to be patient, how to endure if you'll ask him. 
and he will, t he will bring you into his family. That's why he's being patient. If you're not a Christian right now, he would love to have you be part of his family. That's why Jesus came here, to reconcile us to God through Jesus so that we could then be reconciled to each other. If you need to do something with this, I would suggest that today you start having the conversation with God and maybe with somebody else here as well. And if this is something you need to do to just accept Jesus as Lord, I would say that's why we exist and we're here to have that conversation again today. So I would invite you to stand up right now. I'm gonna pray with you and then I would invite you to uh, just start having this conversation and do whatever you need to do with that. Father, I wanna thank you that you are so patient with us. I can just look back at my life and I, there's no way that I deserve how kind and gracious you've been to me. And I think a lot of us, all of us could say that in our most honest moments. Will you, first of all, teach us to be patient with ourselves and with each other? Will you teach us just in every way to stick it out when we would rather run? And will you teach us to turn to you and to respond to the patient love that you hold out to us? I pray that you will continue to grow this church the way that you want to, that we will just faithfully follow you. I pray this all in Jesus' name.